studios here in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to the 23rd episode of The Other Kind Radio. Uh, My name's Jeff. I'm one of your hosts. Todd will be joining us shortly. The Other Kind Radio is a weekly podcast in which Todd and I attempt to navigate the waters that are made up of pop culture. That's why we're here, folks. It's Sunday. It's nine. Todd's on the line. I'm here. We have plenty to talk about this week. Uh, We're going to do headlines, talk about some current happenings in pop culture. Then we're going to go into Todd's Take On, which is a new, uh, I think it's a Prime show, Amazon Prime. Awesome. And uh, I'm going to talk, my judgment this week is going to be on uh, reboots. There seems to be quite the reboot-a-thon going on these days. And uh, I want to... I want to kind of bounce a few off of the kind listener and then also uh, my my partner on the show and see what he thinks of this. And then for the center stage portion of the show today, we're going to go into, uh, uh, you know, we had the bad news this past week, the unfortunate news that uh, Aretha Franklin had passed. And uh, just in the pre-production meeting, Todd and I kind of talked a little bit and I am... I'm I'm aware. I know of her and of obviously some music. We're going to explore and kind of do a little bit uh, a deeper dive and in, into what she did. I mean, I know she got her first recording contract at 18, so she had spent many many years uh, performing and everything. So we're going to get into that, <clears throat> and uh, we'll close the show up with uh, uh, what I'm calling 1080. And 1080, there just happens to be. Uh, 1,080 minutes in a week, and um, that can't be right. I need to Google that again. Maybe Todd can be Googling it. Anyway, I think it's maybe, maybe it's 10,080. Maybe that's what it is. 10,080 um, minutes in a week, and I'm going to give you some things to check out, uh, whether it be another podcast or friends of, of the other kind. And then, oh, oh, oh my God, Jeff! I'm sorry, I came out of makeup. It's ten thousand eight hundred. I'll be back in a minute. Bye. <laughs> ten, he heard me all the way from the green room, going, "He's making an ass out of himself. He's making an. Ass. He doesn't know math." One thousand did seem weak. That was uh, that was my my parental part of my brain kicking in, going, "There's no way it could be a thousand, Jeff." Um, and then we're going to feature a new um, a new section of the show called Spotlight City, where we're going to look at what city was the top listener. You know what's going on there. So. Packful. Let's go ahead and uh, get that radio going here. I'm going to try and tune him in. I mean, I know he's working because we heard him. All right. Todd, are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, but I'm out of breath. Hang on. <laughs> Running from there back. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm getting old. I can't run like that anymore. You know, we should just move the green room in your house rather than having the trailer go over there every week. I mean, no now you say that after I just about had a heart attack getting here. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so, hey, how you doing? What's going on? What's going on? I'm good, on? my friend. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing. 
Uh, it was a busy week. There was a lot to do, but uh, yeah, yeah, things are going well. Things are going well. I'm kind of uh, needing you to stretch right now because for some reason, I can't get uh, the wonderful camera that we use to view each other uh, screen to come up right now. So, I'm well, that's f- the weird thing about when you ask me to stretch, <laughs> and you begin to stretch yourself. I start I thinking, okay, me. when does he want me to actually jump in here? So. I'm going to tell stories about Jeff at this point. That, there we go. Know. You know, he he tells me, hey, you need to get better at your radio skills. So when I toss something to you, <laughs> understand what I need. So at first, I thought you wanted a conversational. It was, how are you? You know, a very conversational type thing. And instead of actually using the camera that he can't see, where he could do this stretch. <laughs> right. He instead just looks at me like, oh, hi. The windows are disappearing. But I'm seeing you now. I'm I'm back. I'm live. I'm with you. I see you, too. How was but your week? Great, Jeff. Thanks are great. Good, 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 good. All rested up after your uh, your uh, fishing trip? It, have I not gotten to tell the tale of the fishing trip yet? <laughs> Surely I did, didn't I? I don't know. Did you? Please. <laughs> you know, Jeff, all I'll say is, Everything I endured on that fishing trip, which include, included a torrential downpour, That's a right. 40 minute ride, right in the rain, mm. was all so you could play that clip of music again. <laughs> Anytime you want it, just cue me up right. and I'll be ready. And you can say that I'm somehow a little bit more highfalutin, whatever it is you're trying to do. Right, right. Now, did you, was that catch and release or did you guys eat some of the fish that you caught? We ate it right on the boat. We nice. pulled it right out of the water and just right into it. It's <laughs> so, kind of like Danny DeVito in Batman Returns, where he's really disgusting penguin. He just eats raw fish. We were those those guys. Those guys doing that. Yeah. Um. All right. I left you there with nothing else. No follow up. Whenever Jeff gives me a um, that's right. right. We'll that just... means that wasn't that funny, Todd. I'm just gonna kind of okay. Try <laughs> I was it. actually trying to think of a segue, uh, but we'll go right into it. We'll go to headlines. That's going to be a new segment. I don't have any any real sounder for it yet. I'm working on it. You need to get that old RKO. We should just record that and use that. That's what we should do. Yeah. <laughs> so um, these uh, this section is going to be kind of some headlines that I've picked from it. Um, I have uh, I have no idea if Todd is aware of them. Uh, so we'll just kind of bring them up and then uh, discuss. And the first one is, and there did seem to be some hubbub above about it, which is that there's some new categories in your favorite award show of the year, the Oscars. Now, were you aware of this? I I I was not aware that they were even discussing it. And a lot, oftentimes they'll say, "Hey, we're going to make some changes." I didn't see anything, and and you know, I try to educate myself. So this came out of left field. And, um, you know, what what Jeff is referring to mainly is that the Oscars have decided to add a new category. Now, they add new categories, they subtract categories, they move categories to other award presentations all the time. But this is a significant one, and it's that they are making one that basically is for most popular film. And that that was the weird phrasing I kept seeing again and again was not best popular but best filmmaking achievement in popular entertainment not something like that but most popular film it's almost like they're going to hand out an award to the homecoming queen outstanding popular film that's yeah. i mean that's garbage what would there be an outstanding not so popular film i mean <laughs> so that that is the immediate argument that the academy awards make for themselves yeah so what you're saying is that the history of the Academy Awards now is about films that aren't popular. 
that aren't significant you're simply you're trying to say that somehow those films have artistic merit beyond those that are popular now there was a day with hollywood where you could say without question that the b movie which are you familiar with where the b term comes from no 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 educate me on that so they actually in days past 30s 40s 50s they had the a film they had the b film and that was literally if you went and saw a marquee of your movie theater it might say gone with the wind that's the a film they're going to show they, they would have one or two screens somewhere they're going to show gone with the wind that's the main film the b movie would be something they either showed before it or on an off day so it might be you know um Oh, crap, I can't even think of a, of a classic B film, but they, they would be the lesser film. They'd be the ma average entertainment. Then they would have the C card, which mm. was something that was just a complete toss away. They did it for quickie stuff. Then they would have the serials that went around them. That's where you get the Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers type stuff of that. So it always designated what was a prestige film and what wasn't. So what they're effectively doing now is saying the the best picture Oscar goes to the A films. And this goes to the B films. I would rather them call it B movie award. Yeah, it's just asinine. You know, I, I I'll let you say what you think. I, I literally I was so pissed off when I saw this <laughs> that I I thought I could go on for days. So please take it and I'll shut up. Well, no, I, I mean it's interesting because there were when it, when they made the announcement, and it's been it's been seventeen years since they've added a category. The last was two thousand one with uh, best animated uh, film or feature. But the other two changes that they're making is there's there. <laughs> shortening the telecast to a firm three hours which they've been saying forever yeah and then um they're going to set an earlier date for the award ceremony good because right now it's what in march yeah what so what's the yeah. are they just trying to get they're trying to get better ratings or their ratings have been going down for a long time um so award season really the golden globes kick it off the golden globes with they they are a sham award that by and large you can point to that whoever you know scratches the back of the hollywood foreign press wins the award uh, okay it's it's really a silly award um there there's stuff going all the way back to a film called i think it was just butterfly with pia zadora who was nobody and she won the best I can't remember if at that time they had a category called best emerging actor or she actually won one of the actor categories, but her husband paid the foreign press for the award. She was horrible oh. in the film, horrible. She's never had a career. She really hasn't. So you can see they could buy these awards, but the one thing the golden gloves do well is they stay on that three hour thing. Yeah. They get a comedian up there that can put a couple of zingers in and throw at somebody. And they, then they don't allow the actors to vamp and do all this. You know, you get up there and we're going to give you a little comedy moment, but you're going to be quick. The Academy Awards ha don't do that. So to your point that they want to make it shorter, they want to make it shorter because their ratings have diminished. Yeah. And especially when you begin to look at that demographic spread as the award goes on, and especially in the internet age. L last year, my DVR didn't record Best Picture and Best Director. Right. So what I do, I go on the internet. Well, that's what everyone else is doing with this award show. So they're trying to find a way to become relevant again, and this is not going to be it. And the interesting thing is you and I both work inside of production, so we know about timelines and how important it is to hit those marks. Right. And and then we do a podcast that's like, today, folks, it's going to be an hour. <laughs> and then it's two hours long. So I just pointed out the uh, hypocrisy that <laughs> of our own thing there. But you know what? I, but I knew. So hopefully they'll get that tightened up. 
I, um, I can promise the kind listener one thing. We promise to be hypocritical going forward. Always. Always hypocritical in, in something. But but funny stuff. One way or another. Now, you and I talked a little bit in pre, pre-production last week. Are you excited or is it just part of doing the podcast and, and being relevant in pop culture about talking about the, um, is it the Emmys that, that are coming up? Yeah, they are. And that's funny you say, because I thought this morning, I thought, when are they? And am I excited about it? I've, I, I've spoken at nauseam of how I feel about award shows, yet I'm a slave to it. I will watch every one of them okay. and I, because it's talking about one of my passions. No matter where I think it's stupid, I, I, I stand by this conviction. If I'm going to be this passionate about something, pop culture, yeah. I must saturate myself deeply with all of it so that if I'm going to to bitch and moan, right. I need to be educated about it. And if there's one thing I can't stand are people that come in and go, I don't like this about movies. Oh, have you ever seen it? Well, no, I don't like it. I don't. It's much like what we talked about with food. You at least have to stick it in your mouth and right, spit it out. Right. You at least need to rewatch, uh, you know, um, Citizen Kane before you can say that it doesn't belong there. Huh. Uh, I, I don't know who I said that to for years and years. <laughs> I don't know who it was, but if I think of it, I'll let you know. Well, the Emmys are coming up on the 17th, so maybe the next uh, episode or two of The Other Kind will kind of break down those and go over those categories. Make our predictions, another million dollars on the line, and see who can uh, predict uh, the Emmy outcome the best. We can even invite uh, those kind listeners to mail in what their uh, predictions are. I, You know, I... I do love those type of shows. That's a lot of fun, so I look forward to that one. All right, another company that is that everybody is aware of is getting into a new realm, and I uh, wanted to get your, your uh, thoughts on this. Amazon is reportedly trying to acquire a movie theater chain. I had not heard that until you put that in the show notes. Um, I find it really interesting on a few fronts and alarming on one. Uh, the interest I have is that things like, for me, movie pass, the, the something you know where I can go and pay a monthly fee and see as many films as I want was right. like the heavens had opened and laid just a golden egg in front of me. Yeah, that's a wait, what? Wait, what? Is this what? What? Yeah. What? I said it's a wait, what? Where like you said, the <laughs> heavens open, it's like, wait, I can pay one oh. fee and watch all the, wait, what? So the weird thing is, is I watched Jeff and I really thought he was stammering around trying to find something. But now I understand what you said. I get it. I was slow in that moment. Um, But I recently canceled my movie pass subscription because it became so problematic. Yeah. And look, the people that threw fits about it and said, you've betrayed what your original thing was. Dude, they're a startup. If you've ever worked for a startup, you know, you start with here's the we're promising the world. And when we get there, it may be a pound of dirt that we're going to give you but what i love about movie pass is they opened the doors to discussing this sure. idea that the movies kind of work on an antiquated system where there is no real loyalty to the consumer we're charging you all this money yeah. uh, we we as the industry make more money on what you buy t- to snack on than what yeah. you buy when you come in the door so when i hear amazon's doing this it goes to what that movie pass original idea was I had the feeling when you look at how Amazon has opened the door to everybody as a distributor of goods, it can be, you can buy your, your big brand laundry detergent, mm-hmm. but you can also find something minuscule. You never thought you'd find. I have a feeling. And what I hope is that 
I don't want to walk into movie theaters anymore where I can't see that little bitty independent film that no one's taking care of. I think Amazon will do that. Right. What scares me is Amazon is also the major killer of everything in the world. You know, they've eclipsed Walmart is their ability to simply squash things. Yeah. I'm a little worried about what happens when they take a hold of it. I, it's very interesting. I love that this is changing things. Yeah. But it me too and the two things real quick amazon did that without building a neighborhood market store or or you know like a so you know it's like you said their ability to squish something like walmart we all hear about walmart going into middletown america and then bob's jean store and and sally's strawberry jam store go out of business because everybody's going to walmart so the fact that amazon did that without actually putting up a store right front a physical storefront is amazing. Did you see that this has ties with some couple guys that we used to share air with? No. So the it's deal, <clears throat> the deal is with land. The potential deals with Landmark, and uh, showing independent foreign films in 268 screens at 56 theaters and 27 markets. This change fall. <clears throat> excuse me. This chain falls under the umbrella of Wagner Cuban Companies. I'm not at all surprised. So, and this, of course, uh, all of this, uh, this wonderful story brought to us by our friends at IGN, but I, I, uh, like you am interested, but also a little alarmed. Um, it, you know, what I, this is just my attempt at some humor, but you know, it's like, I'm just scared. I'll go in to an Amazon movie theater and I'll go to the counter and they'll say, Oh, welcome back, Jeff. Your usual nachos and Mr. Pib. And we see you were looking at a wrench the other day. Would you like to buy it now? <laughs> <laughs> okay. There is some good, I, I felt that creepiness. And that was even when we went to Whole Foods together and I, yeah, a little thing to maybe get a prime discount. I started thinking, oh crap, what if I bought on Amazon? And, you know, and I, I worried about that too. Here's what I do think, though. You know, you, you mentioned that Walmart was able to go into Middle America, squeeze out the people who are making jam somewhere. Yeah. However, what Amazon has done is they've squeezed Walmart yeah. and they've said, hey, you making your jam, you can have a virtual storefront here. So they're allowing people to find a way back in. And I think that that's what could be very, very exciting for independent film, because suddenly, really, what cost would it be to them if an independent film who had a small, you know, few hundred thousand dollar budget and a digital copy of the film? You don't have to actually give me celluloid. Here's digital. You can put it. I can project it in 4K you're opening a door to a lot of filmmakers that they didn't have. They, there wasn't even a house with a door before. So you're constructing a, a possibility that wasn't there. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing where you're going with that. And, and I agree. I think it'll uh, just, just like, you know, you being able to publish your book on Amazon uh, to try and go to a publisher and get all that stuff signed and done is a huge process. And so, yeah, while they are squeezing, they are making some room. So I like that last uh, headline for the day. Um, it's a first, and for those people like Bill Burr who are uh, concerned that robots are taking over, there is a robot that has been cast in a movie. Now, folks, hold on real quick. This isn't, you know, I'm sure everybody's seen iRobot and R2-D2 and everything. This is not a CGI, and this is not somebody in a costume. This is an actual movie that uh, has been... Cast and they're hoping, as according to the article that we uh, uh, off of CNET, um, they want the robot to get SAG credit. Which SAG? Tell me, tell everybody, the kind of listeners, what SAG is. It's the Screen Actors Guild. Uh, 
it's basically a union that protects actors in contract situations, etc. So the uh, it's a new movie by I think it's Tony K, and the name of the movie is Second Born. Um, Todd, your thoughts? I <laughs> is this so a Jeff, bit? Is this a bit? Is this a way to get pub for your film? Is that what it is? So when you put this on the run sheet, I thought uh, apparently this is a new segment called Stump Todd. <laughs> Because I hadn't heard about this either. But the moment I went over to the article you linked and I saw that it was Tony Kay, who is a little bit of a wacky filmmaker. Um, he's made some good stuff. He did, um, oh God, what is the thing with Edward Norton? Uh, I don't recall, American X or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, American X. Was, that, was, that was him? Yeah. Wow. But he's also very erratic. He, he does things that are like, okay, seriously, dude. And so the moment I saw him there, I thought, oh, that does not surprise me. You know, I, I, I think, why not try it? Why not try it? What does it hurt? You're not, you're not hurting anything. Uh, people say, yes, but you're taking a role away from an actor. No, he wrote this about that. He wants that in the role. Get over it. Um, I, I have no problem. I have no problem with technology emerging that changes things. I, I don't think people are going to want to see these type of films very much. We'll see. Yeah, I, I think I'm a, I didn't know anything about that director. I, I simply when I'm looking through for this new segment that we're going to be doing, uh, just look for some some stuff. And in a way, it's supposed to be uh, uh, to uh, somehow uh, stump you. It's just little stories that I saw that were interesting. And actually, I think if it's something you haven't heard of, then it's even even better because then um, you're kind of getting we're getting an actual reaction from you. You know, sure. You weren't trying to stump me. I get it. I understand how this works. <laughs> Don't worry at all. Sure. Move on, please. All right. That does it for this week's headlines. Ooh. I know what that sound means. Let's get in that fire. They get firing up that projector. Getting it on. It's time for Todd's take on. Todd, what's your take on this week? I'm a little late to the party on this one. This this show dropped on Amazon Prime probably... close to a year ago uh it's so so long ago that they're actually advertising season two but i decided i've read so much this thing has 14 emmy nominations in the upcoming emmy awards that jeff's already mentioned and that is the show marvelous mrs Maisel." tells the story of a housewife reeling from her husband suddenly leaving her as she pursues a life as a stand-up comic in the 1950s um I immediately after watching the first episode was like, oh, my God, I need to know what's going on here. So I looked a few things up. This is created by Amy Sherman Palladino, who was also the creator of Gilmore Gilmore Girls. I've never watched Gilmore Girls, but I know that my daughter, who I often mention is somebody I share pop culture with, loves the show. A good friend of mine that uh, used to write reviews for a newspaper loved the show. Hmm. So I thought, okay, there's good quality here. Now, this is starring... Rachel Brazahan or something. I'm saying, I'm sure I'm saying her name wrong and I think I misspelled it in my notes, but she won the the Golden Globe for the role in this show. Alex Bornstein is to me one of the outstanding people who plays her manager. She is simply on point and it's not just that she's funny and she is bitingly funny, but her portrayal is carrying so much hidden pain that propels her that is just, man, it it is like a plate of good food in front of you. Beyond that, we've got Tony Shalhoub, who is just fantastic in anything he does as a father. Who, Marin, who, I just want to mention, he was Monk, just for those that maybe not recognize his name. 
he was monk he was also in wings the old sitcom yeah. from way back with tim daly in it yeah. um Marin hinkle is her mother who i really didn't know Marin hinkle but boy is she just she everybody in this is fantastic and finally michael zegan is her estranged husband this is a funny show as we see this woman spontaneously take the stage and find out that she has a natural gift for telling stories because jeff as somebody who loves comedy half of being a good comic i imagine is the ability to tell a story is that correct yes and what she does is she gets up there and off the cuff begins to tell the, the pain in her life and to me the the art that speaks to me is often one that either has a hidden pain or a very apparent pain. And what she's doing is that sometimes even the pain that she shares hides other pain she's afraid to. And that's that area where it's that gray area where you can't define and they've nailed in the show. And we even go on to see that it's not always easy shows like this where somebody's emerging often feel like Rocky where every time they get there, they win. It doesn't let her do that. Please watch the show. I think there are only eight episodes in the first season. Uh, the trailer's out for season two and it looks to be another fantastic season really treat yourself to this one and that is amazon prime right i was trying to it is amazon prime all right kind listeners you can go there go to amazon prime and check that show out my couple notes are one um boy it's it's borderline my favorite time uh, my favorite decade where they're talking yeah you see um a couple of things one when she does take the stage for the first time what she does is all improv um which I think, you know, is, is a nice touch to it as well. The other thing is this is a time when a lot of comedy um, were very, very, very short stories or the one-liner jokes that those guys would throw up. Take my wife, please. Right. Um, so this is introducing, and I don't know how accurate the timeline is to comedy. I could check that. But this is also beginning a new wave of, of comedy in which, like you said so well, uh, comics are now telling stories. So it's not just a zing, 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 zing. Because in the beginning, it was how many jokes can you fit into the five minutes you've got? And now... So, you're absolutely right. And I wanted to throw in that I, I immediately had to research because I, I didn't know. I'm not the biggest stand-up comic fan, but I thought, okay, was there a Mrs. Maisel that's maybe opened a door? Apparently, that's a very common question that goes along with this. No, there was not but it is loosely based on the ascension of someone like Joan Rivers, a very common type story about a Jewish woman that blah, 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 and did this when she had children to raise. Um, she does meet actual comedy legends like Lenny Bruce is in this. And, yeah, you know, that it, it I, I thought at first I thought, okay, is this too contrived to bring this together? But I thought, no, no, we're having a fantasy world of this occurring. And I understand you don't want to tell Joan Rivers' story because then you are betrothed to what is the real story. You're trying right. to say something about – it's not just about stand-up comics. It's also about the 1950s and what it meant to be a woman who's left by her husband. And and the things – it's like – it's seriously, it's like Mad Men meets Seinfeld meets other type things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they, they do a fantastic job of illustrating – what they're trying to say and i can't wait to see where the series goes from here i'm looking forward to season two that's marvelous mrs mazel on amazon prime make sure you check it out we'll uh crank that projector back down thank you todd that was a that was a lovely todd's take on uh is this on 
It's time for Jeff's judgment on. That's my new intro that I didn't tell you about. You've got the okay. you've got the film projector. I'm working on some kind of intro I can do. We'll see how that works out. <laughs> I, I, once again, I confused you. <laughs> Poor well, Todd. I ran over to turn off my ceiling fan because I'm literally shivering in here. It's so cold. <laughs> I thought, oh God, he thought something went wrong. No, no, I should have uh, I should have warned you in the pre pre production with that. So Jeff's judgment today with that uh, somewhat awkward but uh, and ineffective intro um, is concerning. Uh, the number, and there's been some news coming out, and I just saw a headline that kind of got me um, thinking about this, is reboots. You know, that old show you used to watch way back in the day, like, oh, I don't know, Magnum P.I., and that show came and went, and now, many, many years later, it's coming back. They're rebooting Magnum P.I. Now, one cool thing is they're going to use the cat that plays uh, Lando Calrissian. He's going to be in it. And another guy. Oh, the the doctor from um, uh, The Hangover. The comedian uh, that is an actual doctor uh, is coming back. And I actually, it's funny because I'm, I'm looking at you. Um, oh, I guess they don't have, they don't have it. Uh, they don't have it listed in here. But those two actors will be in there. In addition, and we can kind of just run through a few of these, and then I, I just I'm gonna give kind of uh, some thoughts on it. Murphy Brown's getting rebooted. Charmed, which I never thought was a really great show to begin with, is getting rebooted. The Jetsons, that kind of makes sense. It's a it's it's a, it's a it's a cartoon, you know. Uh, Miami Vice is getting remade or rebooted. The Munsters, um, Magnum PI. Twilight Zone, okay. Lost in Space, which we we actually already know because it's out. Um, so interesting, and 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 in the conversations and the time that we've talked about movies, and you know you can't have this movie without that movie. First of all, I I'm not as educated when it comes to this type of you know business, the television business. But I thought that what television did was they didn't necessarily reboot the actual show. They just did another show like it, you know, Hill Street Blues. And then they came out with, oh, I don't know, some other one and Chips. And then you had the, uh, what is it, uh, what was the one that had the ambulance or the fire department or whatever way back when? Um, uh, good Lord. that that it was. I think it was called Emergency. What's yeah, that? They, I was about to say that describes just about every show in the history of television. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it's, it's again, it's similar storylines, fish out of water, blah, 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 blah. Why, why do you think that they're coming back up and doing, doing this? I mean, why reboot Magnum P.I.? Are they hoping that people that are our age are going to go, yay, what's Magnum I, up I, to? I find that it's a direct reaction to how popular things like game of thrones um things on netflix how how those become pop culture explosions right they're there network tv doesn't have that anymore now you do get some relaunches you know cbs took it to their uh their on-demand service and relaunched star trek star trek has legs beyond tv yeah, because yeah. it's gone in the movies and that's a different thing i think star wars is the same thing i don't even count what they're doing as a reboot it's just a continuation it's doctor smart. yeah doctor who 
Yes, those kind of things yeah. live in perpetuity, and they're going to be created. I, literally, by the time I pass this earth, there'll probably be 830 uh, Star Wars films. They're not going to stop that. I think Magnum P.I., Murphy Brown, Miami Vice, those are great examples of network television going, we got to do something, tap into something that will pull viewers over here quickly. I don't see these things lasting very long. No. I think I think it's silly. Um, I saw one executive say that when they heard about uh, Murphy Brown coming back, he, his reaction was, why? Yeah. That it ran its course. It's told its story. You want to do something? Find something for Candace Bergen to do. She's a great actress. Bring yeah. her back in something else, and you can advertise it as you loved her in Murphy Brown. You're going to adore her in this. You do something like that. There, you know, in, in Murphy Brown, I think she she played an office worker. Was it a newspaper she worked at? I don't remember the actual. I don't recall either. I don't know but, if it was a newspaper or a TV show. I I never watched it. Yeah, That's I know, just, but but it was something. She was a professional, and yeah. Yes. Yeah, why not just bring something else back or, or find something else for her to do? I would understand if they were going to do a reunion show, like a Friends reunion. Yes. We've heard a lot of talk about that. I mean, they're a, a Magnum reunion, right? I mean, just, you know, and I think some of them have died. Um, but to just reboot, and especially Miami Vice. I mean, something that was so iconic back then, you can't see Crockett and Tubbs without the actors that played those characters. I mean, that's just going to be silly because the second question that everybody asks is they're going to reboot charmed. Well, none of the original actresses are going to be in there. So they're all new women, which is fine. But then why don't you call it something, something else hypnotized. Um, and then I heard on the radio yesterday, they're bringing back designing women. I heard that too. It's, you know, it's such I, a give up, I, it, I think. It's just it's it's just the easy way to go. It's my nachos at the movie with the cheese, and that's it. I mean it is. And I, I think that network television, like the Academy Awards, knows that it's losing relevance. And what do they do to do it? You know, okay. When when I come home and I tell my mom, Hey mom, I can't stay long, she'll go, Oh, I've made you a peach cobbler. And I just made my mom sound like a old Yiddish woman for some reason. I don't know why I did that. That's um <laughs> But, I mean, she's going to pull out the thing that makes me happy. And I think that's what network television is. Instead of finding out why are we losing this big battle yeah. where people are consuming things on demand, the reason you're losing it is you're, you're returning the same cop show, hospital show, lawyer show 5,000 times. Yeah. You're not finding anything new. And also you're sticking with a 24-episode season, which most people are like, hang on, you're going to tell me I have to watch 24 episodes of this you're going to make me watch it one week at a time. Even if I put that on my DVR, that's 24 episodes. And then if I want to sit down and binge it, no. They need to look and say we need to do fresh things. No no cop shows this year. No cop shows. Yeah. Give me something fresh. Make it eight shows, eight episodes, ten episodes, whatever it may be. They're just they're not thinking correctly. This is a phenom that will not last long. See, and you made me think of something there, too, because you take Netflix and, and Amazon Prime, and Hulu, who were originally, uh, especially with um, especially with Netflix and, and Hulu, was, hey, don't want to get cable, want to watch your shows when you want to, here's what you do. Give us some money, otherwise you have to watch advertisements. Well, then they built that money up, and then they started producing. And the interesting thing was, both of those companies, all three of those companies, would seem to be on the front line of what television is becoming. They've kind of given Showtime and HBO a kick in the in the bottom because they're stepping up their game. 
but none of them, all these creative people at Netflix and, and these other uh, companies, I'm sure they had big meetings where they're sitting down and pitching ideas. And I'm pretty sure Bob, who, who raised his hand and said, what if we bring back Magnum PI? There's the door, Bob. Get out. It's right. been done. Let's do a story about a bunch of kids on bikes that have a friend that they run into and someone's missing and they have to find them. You know, a different story to tell. It's okay to borrow elements, right. you know, but well, the best art is whenever you you can at least say, "Oh, I know what they were they were watching this film and it inspired them to make this one." That's that's great art. Yeah. When you just go and say, "Oh, there's a pile of vomit on the floor." Yeah. Let's we can reeat that. I hate to be that gross, but that's really what this is. I yeah. I do think things like Murphy Brown have a chance of surviving more because you're at least having the nostalgia of the original cast back together. So the people that loved it are at least going to give it a shot. And I know that because my wife likes Will and Grace and she watched it because it was the original people. Right. I think things like Magnum PI and uh, Miami Vice are doomed for failure because you're people immediately, if you don't nail that casting, they're going to go, well, that's not Tom Selleck. I don't care. And, you know, I know we've had Hawaii Five-O be relaunched and, and you had the iconic stars of that but i just don't think these where you're returning it in a role where he's supposed to be the same person but he's different i just don't see that working unless it, it you've got such a unique spin on it i think it'll fail right and 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 you know one final point is you know like you take somebody like tom Selleck, who was again magnum pi iconic and he went on to do some films and then he had some appearances on friends and i even think the actors even if they try to try to get them back kind of feel like they've been there and done that and i would be interesting to hear what their thoughts are when they're like reboot magnum pi why i mean and that's all it is that's the pre-made pre-packaged throw it in the microwave we've got a show and my prediction to the kind listener i i'm with you i don't think it's going to work i think it's going to come back and it's going to fall flat and they're going to go man we spent all of that money repackaging something where if we had just spent a little less money and found some hungry writers <laughs> right. and had them write some new content, then we could have had something. Cause you look like a, we talked about the expanse, which was canceled was now being picked up. Right. And I love the conversation. Kind listener. Um, it, it does. The podcast does start out with a little bit of poop talk, but there's uh, in between the minute with minute of the apes um, where they talk a little pop culture. Um, they get into a very, very good discussion about the expanse and the extensive sets that were built for that show and the art and the love and the, and the, and the crafting that went into make that. And that's being original. Uh, you know, even the Battlestar Galactica reboot. Um, but that, that was also different enough where Starbuck was a was a woman. Yeah, go ahead. But that's exactly the point with Battlestar Galactica. If you're going to relaunch it, have elements of the show that you know, 100% I'm watching the same idea expand it take something different because you know not only did they do that but then they had the humanistic looking cylons which we did not see in the original right i know i'd read somewhere that they had an idea of doing that and that may have been what ron moore the producer of the new one found i, I really don't know how what the genesis of that idea was but they shifted it just enough to where you're like oh it's fresh plus they put it right after 9 11 so it was a human tragedy in the show we've just had a human tragedy so they're speaking to something that's happened you have to find relevance. You have to find something new. You have to find something to say. This is not saying anything. Right. It is lazy. 
and I, to me, it's going to it's going to further turn on the floodgates on the down, downward spiral of just the big network broadcasting. Agreed, and love to hear the kind listener feedback. You know, you can always email us at the info info at the other kind radio, Todd at the other kind radio, or Jeff at the other kind radio dot com. And uh, I'll go ahead and end the way I started, even though it was awful. Is this on? That's uh, Jeff's judgment on. This past week, we lost a uh, an icon. Uh, in, in many areas of, of pop culture. I chose this song because uh, it's one of my favorite. Uh, for those of you who, who may not have caught the headline yet, but that uh, this past August 16th was when uh, uh, Aretha Franklin passed on. And uh, Todd and I thought we'd spend some time today just kind of going through it. And I, I admittedly, and Todd and I talked about in the pre-production, I know of her. Um, but I don't know a whole lot behind uh, the scene or what we saw on stage. Um, born in um, Memphis, Tennessee, back in 1942, uh, she lived uh, there for a while, and then and we'll get into some more details. But one of the amazing things that I figured out, uh, just with a little bit of research I've done, is that she started recording at the age of 18. Which uh, back, I'm sure back in the day was was very very difficult to do. She is known as the Queen of Soul, uh, and has countless uh, number of of hits and uh, collaborations. Um, uh, my first exposure to Aretha was in a movie that came out many years ago called The Blues Brothers, um, and my dad took me to see it and. You know, I think I was Jake and Pop was Elwood, but it was a, but it, you know, a, a comedy with some buddies going around and on a mission from God. And there's a great scene. Um, they got to save a church, and the way they're going to save the church is they're going to put the band back together and raise money to save this church. And so, in part of the story of getting the band back together, they need their saxophonist, and they track him down, and he's working in a diner, and is married to. Uh, Aretha Franklin's character and they try to get him to come back and and he kind of gives the I can't I'm married and I've got responsibilities here and Jake and Elwood are like come on man you know who who runs who wears the pants here you know and so he goes and talks to Aretha and says you know what I'm a man you're the woman I'm gonna do this and she breaks into um, you better think which uh, again I never really thought about the, this until uh, this very moment in the conversations that we've had, Todd. But Blues Brothers, a musical? It absolutely is a musical. Yeah, yeah. So uh, then they have a, a, a routine and everything. So um, that was kind of like the first time I remember being really amazed at her voice and and, and ability to uh, to act uh, in the part that she was in. I shouldn't say amazed me, but uh, definitely the voice was something that I I remembered and Aretha something that you would throw on um you know albeit a uh Sunday afternoon or um maybe uh, when I travel and I'm on the road and I I need need to pick me up or or something to listen to uh her 
wide array of of songs that she sings and have written uh, can 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 encompass pretty much any moment uh, that you're feeling. Uh, we'll we'll get into some more of her songs, but uh, you know, can you tell me, Todd, a little bit how you what you know of of her and and what your experience has been listening to her music? You're kind of a bigger music guy than me, so I'll be interested to hear. So it's we we have almost the exact same experience um music was always something that i kind of got second hand hand from my dad my dad was studying to be a doctor at the time and he was uh, teaching english in high school and so his students would often tell him things to listen to dad would buy the album and go ah that's crap and throw it to me that's you know it's how i found simon simon and garfunkel was like ah they're trying too hard i think was his initial comment aretha franklin was something that i'd heard him mention but it didn't you know he came in and said this woman can really sing not my thing he didn't give me a record but then i remember that name and when i saw the blues brothers and i heard think i was like oh my god who is that now that was the 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 opening moment for me of an awareness of her but i never really gravitated towards her um for whatever reason you know my my tastes were elsewhere and i i i feel and this is probably it's silly to have it, but I feel a sense of shame that I didn't do that for as much as I try to listen to everything. I just sort of thought, oh, I know Aretha. Yeah, I know those songs. Do you mind if I go ahead and tell you the story about, you know, uh, what was on my mind because of what I watched this morning? Do you mind if I just yeah, 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 absolutely. So this morning before, you know, we get going, I, I like to get up and have my co- cup of coffee and, and I record just about every talk show there is because of the music uh passion that i have i do that so i can see new artists it's a great way to 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 hear those people see them for the first time one of them is stephen colbert and i see that he's going to do a tribute to her and i thought okay i'll watch that well he tells the story <clears throat> that he had hosted the presidential medal of honor award ceremony that where they awarded people they awarded george lucas in that same ceremony and they also awarded the great carol king who and arguably wrote one of the best feminist albums of all time, which was Tapestry. And on that, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman is a standout song. Well, to pay tribute to Carole King, they, and I don't believe they told her, they had Aretha come out and sing that song to her. Wow. And Stephen said, I, he said, I literally said the dumbest thing I've ever said in my life, which was I turned to someone before Aretha played and said, man, I wish I'd seen her back when she was in her heyday, when she really had her voice. He said, and then this happened and they played the clip. I felt, I I cried. I I won't lie. It was such a beautiful artistic moment because you can hear in her voice, the truth of of what Carol King, she takes the words someone else wrote and finds an absolute truth. Then you start looking at this woman's life and the pains and struggles she had. You realize that once again, a consummate artist is a person that can find a way to put their pain on the table, but also understand that occasionally the pain that I keep from you is even more so. And, you know, I'm not saying that all art has to come from pain, but my God, when she sings that song, you can hear that struggle that women have felt to step up and say, Hey, I'm, I'm a value here. And I, I was just blown away and I was humbled with the, I am such a moron to have ignored her. So as of this morning, when Jeff said, I, I, I kind of want to go this avenue. I was like, yes, 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 because I I have made a resolution to open myself to Aretha more than what I understand her to be. You know, it, it's so amazing because 
especially with with somebody like Aretha Franklin, who was just you know an icon, a cornerstone, whatever word you want to use there, to what she, her performance, her commitment to her her craft. She, for me, again was was so prominent that was you know it was just I never could think about her not being you know here um and it is it's it's like an old friend or something that once you learn that she has passed then i'm like yeah i'm kind of like you i'm kind of slapping myself a little bit on the wrist saying you know and so we did um listen to it at dinner last night listen to uh her songs and was just taken back and and taken away that you know Every song that was played was something that uh, one I would either recognize or two uh, could could tell that it was like you said somebody else's word or music, but she made it her own. Uh, I'll read you a quote here off of Wikipedia that I thought was kind of touching, which is um, uh, quote America's history wells up when Aretha sings unquote, and that was a President Obama who said that, and I mean that's pretty much what it is. Um, you can, you can listen to her music and then immediately be transported, um, to wherever, uh, and, and whatever picture she's painting, uh, with her voice. Um, do you have a favorite Aretha Franklin song? Is there one that, that, uh, you know, I, I hate to be so trite, but I go back to blues brothers, which, you know, okay, we want to break it down. Is it a well-made film? Not really. It's kind of a slappy mess everywhere. Yeah. But I adore that film because I think I watched it, oh, I'm going to guess about 838 times right. when it was on HBO when I was a kid. But to this day, that eureka moment of, my God, who is that? I get it when I hear Think. I well, hear that, and I see it, and I see them dancing, and, and it's, I just that's everything music should be to me let's let's give it a let's give it a little listen you I mean, wow, and 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 not just even the notes she's hitting, but yeah, I mean she's 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 singing, but she but she could easily those were the the way that the song is written. It'd be very easy to just to say, you know, those lyrics are kind of I don't know what speak sing. I don't know if that's a term, but every single syllable and word that that's in that song has a, a different tone and and just has her fingerprints all over it if you will so i looked up that I, I i immediately wanted to know who wrote it she and her husband teddy white wrote that oh. came out in 1968 um to me that that song and and i think you nailed it so perfectly there jeff the way she sings is if I were directing her in a film and she was telling a husband off like this, I'd say, Aretha, I want you to always, in this monologue you're doing here, you're trying to say to him, come back 
to what you know is true. So when right. she says, you better think. Yeah. You could take the tonality of the song away and the truth is still there and it's just as biting because she's, you better think, you know, it's pushing it. Yep. That That is a true performer that understands that what the notes I hit are as equal of importance to the way I say the words. Right. I mean, you look back, Sinatra could do those kind of things. Yes. Aretha was one of those that understood how I say it is as important as how I sing it. Um, and, and, and you, you remind me, uh, so, you know, in, in previous work years, I was a mobile disc jockey. I know that sounds pretty glorious, uh, around here in Omaha. And, um, there were, there are 50 songs that I, I claim are played at every wedding. So you've got, you know, taking care of business by BTO. You've got, uh, Moni Moni. Uh, all kinds of just those hits that, that just were what you played. Well, Respect was always an interesting song to play. Um, I shouldn't say interesting. It was a fun song to play because it was generally requ- uh, requested by the bridesmaids. <laughs> and it was their opportunity to uh, to get out on the dance floor and, and you know, get the evening going and everything. So I have fond memories of... Uh, uh, that, and it taught me how to pl- how to spell respect, which I think any artist that you know, um, uh, Ralph Tresman has a song called Sensitivity, and, and in it he spells out sensitivity. So uh, you know, respect that. Tammy Wynette with d- divorce D I B O R C E. Anything else you want to touch on? I mean, I, I could we could sit here and listen and listen to her music would probably be the best way to uh, to remember. Um, but I'm not too sure what the legal ramifications would be. I'm sure. Uh, I mean, and we're not trying to profit from it. So no, no, I, no. I, I would think most people would understand we're paying tribute to a fantastic art, artist. But, you know, this is a woman that lived life. She opened doors for others. Um, she had a child. Her first child, I believe, was she was 12 or 13. I mean, the of the times, that was rather common, especially for an African-American woman. These kind of struggles where they didn't have these situations to move beyond but man aretha took it and said you know what let's go let's do this and she was a great mother by all accounts she was a great person um never really did not quit working until the end this i i I am intimidated by the task i've set for myself of digging into her catalog because i have a feeling i'm a moron when it comes to this yeah i use the word in pre-production neophyte and I didn't even know what that meant. And you were kind enough to uh, to fill Someone, me in, and I agree. I do. I we're, I'm, we're we're we. I feel we are trying to pay respect to somebody that we we really don't know a lot about. But I wanted to take the time and at least discuss her and her her what she what she's brought to my life and your life because I think in a way that's just as important. But yeah, I'm sure there are kind listeners that are much more educated uh, as far as Aretha goes, and. I'm sorry, I kind of cut you off, but yeah, I look forward to learning more too uh, as as well. Well, I, I think, again, you touched on something that to me summarizes why we're doing this. We know nothing really about her beyond the obvious. That's how impactful she is to the pop culture world, that we want to pay respect to that. Yeah. I don't need to R-E-S-P-C-T anything beyond what's already there. But she is so pertinent to the absolute conversation that this podcast is supposed to be about that we want to i now i have the respect already to give to her but now i i want to understand why that's just sort of innately within me let's do that and then we can we can uh 
we can revisit. Thanks, Aretha. You'll be missed. All right, we're going to go ahead and start closing out the show now. Uh, another new segment uh, that uh, I don't have fancy music for, <laughs> so we'll figure something out. And as Todd so well corrected me at the beginning of the show, there are 10,080 minutes in a week. So I figured, you know, we'll throw out uh, some love and some stuff and kind of tell you about a few things you should check out in your 10,080 minutes next week. Um those friends, those kind listeners in Dallas, go check out Four Corners Brewery. Todd uh, sometimes performs there. Um, our buddy Steve performs there, so make sure you check out their calendar and uh, see what's going on down there. Give them, give them, uh, give them some time. Uh, give them some of your money and uh, and and enjoy some of their brews. They're they're very very good. Also, uh, if you're sitting around and uh, want to watch somebody play video games, for those gamers that are kind listeners, check out Tim the Tatman on Twitch twitch.tv and uh, just do a search for Tim the Tat Man, Tat being tattoos. Uh, he's always fun to watch and and uh, treats his listeners very well. And then uh, I'm all caught up. This is the first time I'm so excited. I'm all caught up with Minute of the Apes. Uh, and that's Todd's uh, uh, podcast, which is the movie by Minute uh, family. And um, uh, I've, re- I've really enjoyed it. I really have. Uh, I think... Uh, the you got rich richard and sean and you go through uh you guys are going through um planet beneath the apes which is the second movie beneath the planet oh beneath (laughs) once again add it but i'm gonna rearrange the words (laughs) well that would be my first change if i was the producer of the movies i'd change the movie title um hang on i'm making a note to myself say the title more often (laughs) yeah will know right right he's constructed okay go ahead jeff's an idiot yes um and 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 i'm saying this this honestly uh i i know you guys don't like this movie there are a lot of things wrong with the movie but i'll tell you todd i think you've kind of hit something on the nail uh the nail on the head something on hit something on the head see i can't talk anymore Note I, to self, get <laughs> a speaking spell. That oh. way he can type it and it will talk for him. Go ahead. Did you have a speaking spell? No, I never did. I, oh. I found them incredibly creepy. Did you have a Mr. Professor? No, I think I, but I'm just, what, five years older than you? Yeah. So I think maybe that was didn't hit my age range. Entirely creepy. I had a Mr. Professor. And it's when I was first adopted uh, and we were living in the mountains of New Mexico with no running water electricity. And so my earliest friend was somebody who's like, let's play a game. Uh, that actually sounded like something from war games. But yeah, he would talk to me. It was a little creepy. Um, but anyway, um, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, I think you've hit something here that you guys possibly weren't intense, intentional of doing which is I actually enjoy listening to you go through a movie that it has a wide variety and range of things wrong with it because unlike Jaws or I'm listening to another podcast, uh, Shine, uh, The Shining 237, that's another podcast that's worth checking out, which uh, uh, obviously covers The Shining. 
movies that I really enjoy, and I am enjoying listening to them, but to hear you guys go through and try to love this movie, try to fix this movie, and ask questions. Because I asked you, um, I think it was when you were here in Omaha, I was like, Todd? And you were like, yes, Jeff. <laughs> what? You're like, what? <laughs> I was like, why do bad movies get made? And he went, oh, well... When a man loves a woman, and when they want to, and when they want to, sh- <laughs> when they want to share special time together, and I said, "No, not the birds and the bees." Why are bad movies made? Oh, okay. Um, you know, I think you had kind of a short answer, but to me, I don't know which is more difficult to make a a really good movie or to make one with all of the inaccuracies and problems that you have with that movie. So I was kind of a long plug there, but. Um, check out Men of the Apes. Check out Beneath the Planet of the Apes. And uh, they love email. I sent my first email into the show. That was my task of last week. And I guess, what, Sean will get it? Sean will get it, and I'll make sure that, you know, Sean is our purveyor of all email, so I'll make sure that he reads it. It's more of just like a little nod to each one of you. But, uh, again, kind listener, check out Men of the Apes, uh, menoftheapes.com, and join those guys on that venture. Thank you, Jeff. You know, it, it really has been a labor of love in a way that I never, I've never really broken down movies one minute at a time. Everyone knows I studied film and you'll often do, Jeff had brought up, it'd be cool to do a podcast where we did one scene at a time. That's much more what you do inside like screenwriting classes. You look, why does the scene work? What does it mean here? What Beneath has allowed me to do, because it, it is a flawed film. It was rushed into production. But what it's allowed me to do is to to start to understand even better how how and why film works and i think when you look one minute at a time you start saying if they had thrown this in here just for a second now you could open these doors and i think that's what you're getting at i do think it's a fun thing to do i i worry so often that we're being too negative on the film and the people that love it i don't want to offend them but i i think that there is something there and and, you know i i don't ever aspire to educate anyone on film but I do think that if you listen to it, you'll kind of go, ooh, I understand how and why film works. And it's been fun in that way. And I look forward to the rest of the films. Yeah, because, I mean, and that's the thing. It's, there's there's the Jeff mentality, which is Citizen Kane shouldn't be the number one movie. Well, why? Because it sucks. Well, why do you think it is? Well, I'm going to make a sandwich. You know, and then there's actually you guys, which, you know, where you break it down and you talk about it. So I, I don't think you guys can, you know, paint it in a bad light. The other thing that's funny about why I could never do a, a movie by minute, I knew you have talked about it, but I think the scenes would be better is because all the movies I do, all the iconic lines would be, it'd be Luke, I am your, and that's going to sum it up for this week. <laughs> <laughs> or I see dead. Well, that's going to do it for, you know, the week. We tune in next week when we'll have or tomorrow when we have the final word of whatever it is um but definitely check it out once again four corners brewery twitch check out tim the tap man men of the apes give them a listen those are friends of uh uh the show kind friends friends of talk radio uh and maybe find some time in your 10,080 minutes next week to join them last but not least We've had a, I shouldn't say disturbance, but we've had something really interesting happen. The overall history of the show and listeners, and I, I do, I do kind of stare at the stats because, you know, I'm, I'm interested in that. If we look at the past seven days of our podcast, the Netherlands 
have almost twice number of listens than uh, listens than than the U.S. All from Amsterdam. So hello Amsterdam. I thought that was really interesting. That's it's it's changed things up. So we're going to kind of do a focus city uh, every week. That's uh, part of the listenership. I don't know if if you have somebody over there and have paid them a lot of money or or what. You know, I I, I will literally tell you. It's so funny that would occur. Uh, on my fifteenth wedding anniversary, my wife knew that I loved Heineken beer and surprised me with, "Hey, you always go where I want to go. Let's go to Amsterdam." We went to Amsterdam for our 15th anniversary, and to this day, it is one of my favorite cities on there, simply because everybody's just like so welcoming. Be yourself. Oh, you want to go do that? Okay, don't hurt anyone while you do it, but go be yourself. I love that city. So Amsterdam, I love you. I hope you'll keep coming back because I want to come back to you as soon as I can. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Todd, do you have any final thoughts? Anything you want to throw out there? No, I, 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 I want to say to the fans – Thank the kind listener. I know you use that term. The fans, the kind listeners, wherever you may be in the world. Thank you, number one, sticking with us as we went through the AFI. Today was a breath of fresh air even for me to come back and talk about a little something beyond film. Uh, it is my, my passion, but God, I, I love even opening a door and admitting when we don't know enough to get deep, but to say that there's a beautiful story. I think we should all dive into. I hope if you have Aretha Franklin things out there, that, that what she means to you, you'll write to us and let yes. us know. So spend a little more time with this great lady thank you todd yeah that's exactly what i was going to say um, feel free to give us some feedback on the show if you have questions or something you want to do if you have a show idea if there's something that you want us to talk about please feel free to go ahead and get that to us because we're we do this not only for ourselves but for you guys and uh would love to uh to you know find out more about what you guys are excited about and what you want to talk about and what interests you in pop culture because that's why we do this i don't know why i'm talking like that all right. From the studios in Omaha, Nebraska, this has been The Other Kind Radio. You know how to get a hold of us, theotherkindradio.com. You can email us, check us out on Twitter, Facebook page. Either way, thanks for your support. Thanks for listening, as Todd said. We're going to see you next week. We're going to start talking some Emmys. We are The Other Kind Radio. Have a good week. The Other Kind The other kind of radio, radio, radio. The other kind of